Welcome to Life Chats with Friends, discussions with people that are of service to others, sharing insights to help you show up as your best. Brought to you by Antonio Stevens and Twani Fitness. Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Life Chats with Friends. Um, Super excited to be with everyone that took the time to listen today. I have a really, really awesome conversation planned. Um, Today, we'll look to tackle the system that is our society, not the entire system, but parts of it, really diving into some fundamental areas of the system and highlighting some ways that we can ways that we can drive change or what we can do to drive change. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Laman Ben Trahorit, which many of you um, will have recognized or may have recognized from another episode um, earlier this year. I'm also joined by Charles Antorno. I will go ahead and introduce both of them. So um, for anyone that's new to the show that is listening for the first time or may be listening for the first time, Laman um, Bentrahorit, aka Laman Lith, is a wellness and health coach and entrepreneur from Arlington, Virginia. Laman's lifelong passion is to learn, build, and share holistic wellness knowledge and information with the public so that we may all live in a more healthy and balanced world. He believes fitness and nutrition are fundamental to the health and well being of our physical self but also our mental and spiritual selves as well. He specializes in physical wellness, personal growth, corporate wellness, and employee health. Lamont has goals to make fitness accessible to all. I'm also super excited to introduce Charles Antorno, who is a third-year law student at the George Mason University Antonin Scalia Law School. Before coming to school in Washington, in Washington D.C., Charles spent three years in San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, doing business development and account management. Um, last summer, Charles worked for the Legal Services of Northern Virginia, and is currently a law clerk for Lee Shoemaker PLLC. Charles's views are his own and should not be constructed as legal advice or advertisements of any kind so Lamon and charlie welcome to the show tell us a little bit about yourself um who are you what's your story where are you from and very high level what are the experiences that have shaped your worldviews Lamon? if if you want to go first yeah definitely <clears throat> well thanks for having me back antonio i'm happy we get to do this and thank you charles for joining us i'm happy you're here as well um, so yeah, who am I? I'm a personal trainer, personal chef, and entrepreneur based in Arlington, Virginia. Baddie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so many of experiences have led me on this path, but um, I think one of the pitiful, the pivotal ones early on was just being a first-generation African-American person. Um, my parents are from the Ivory Coast, and food was always so important in our family in terms of just connecting culturally. Um, the Ivorian population here in the United States is very small. Um, I think just West Africans within the U.S., it's like 1.3 million. Um, and Niger- Nigerians make up a whole percentage of that. But Ivorians, it's it's just more close-knit. Um, so that experience um, has really just been with me the whole time, even though I am an American and I identify with American culture and society. Just that upbringing um, is just something that um, keeps me humble and grounded um, and just really 
frames my perspective when it comes to a broad reach of issues and topics and um i appreciate it um besides that um i've always been a fitness advocate uh, fitness in terms of uh, not only your health but also just connecting with people and um kind of kind of seen beyond just the athlete you know so many times we see oh if you're playing this sport or you're doing this you have to be the absolute best at something but for me fitness was an outlet to kind of be within myself within my thoughts and um grow and progress on my own so i'm happy to be here today and see if we can tackle some of these world problems <laughs> um, yeah beautiful yes. and charles uh go ahead yeah uh tackling world problems i'm very happy to be here antonio and lamon um thanks for having me on the show uh, my name is Charles Yantorno. I'm originally from a western suburb of Chicago called Hinsdale. So if anybody has been to the Chicagoland area, you might know where that is. Uh, I went to undergraduate at the University of Illinois, where I studied business, uh, marketing, and international business in particular. Um, went on to do sales and account management in San Francisco. I kind of got on a one-way ticket to San Francisco. I uh, didn't know exactly what I was going to end up doing, but I figured I had to be in California, um, kind of establish a new persona for myself out there, away from Chicago and Illinois, and a prior straight version of myself. Um, so San Francisco was really the greatest place to come out and learn what it was like to be a, a gay person, a fully out gay man, and I had a wonderful three years there um but then there was definitely a, a drive to to go out and do bigger things beyond just business and make money for myself in sales um, my town in hinsdale was a, a pretty wealthy neighborhood um but it was about 15 miles west of chicago about five to ten miles west of chicago is is the west side and my parents grew up on the south side of, or my mom grew up on the south side of Chicago uh, in the 70s and 80s. So growing up, I always saw a huge disparity. It was glaringly obvious, the vast difference in how we lived and the people who lived next door to us did um, two completely different universes almost. And that always disturbed me. Um, I was always interested in law considering going into law school and after three years of doing sales full-time I was just took the opportunity to to take the LSAT and and see what I scored scored all right and here I am at, at the George Mason Antonin Scalia School of Law so um, yeah three years in San Francisco the one of the most progressive places in the country and now being at a at a conservative law school um it's quite interesting <laughs> i i i guess that kind of is a good summation of a perspective that i bring is is both sides i can um see both sides yeah yeah definitely well i'm excited to tackle these these topics then Perfect. So, um, like I said, today we'll talk about the system um, called society that we're currently living in 
and what we can do as individuals and a collective to drive change. For our listeners, um, we're based in the U.S., so a lot of what you you might hear us reference today or tackle might be around the specific system that we're experiencing here in the U.S., but um, just wanted to make it clear that the insights that we do end up sharing or that you get from this can or should be applicable regardless of wherever you're located in the world. Um, so we'll dive in. You know, we live in a system that we dubbed society, like I said. Within that society and its constructs, we have other systems that are set in place to keep order in the world and allow people um, allow people a certain standard of living. We obviously have governments that are set in place. We have educational systems and medical networks, etc. Um, each person living in a first world country is essentially born into a system that follows strict rules and that has certainly limits obviously we all understand that we need to have control over people in some way and limit their actions to a certain extent um, in order to preserve our own personal rights but uh, if anyone could do anything we obviously know that there would be havoc but why why do people naturally feel the need to take advantage of other people to benefit themselves which I think is prevalent more so now than ever in the world not only in the US so I guess to, to start us off question to both of you Based on your lived experiences and where you're currently sitting, what kind of world are we living in? And I don't know, Lamont, if you want to go first or Charlie. Yeah, definitely. So from my perspective on something that I saw as I got through college, I went to the University of Maryland, was my difference in entitlement, right? So both of my parents are immigrants. Uh, I was born in the United States, but my sense of entitlement in terms of asking questions, being confident in my actions and what I do, what I seek, um, what I choose to learn, I didn't have a high degree of it, right? It was more um, look down, don't give people eye contact, um, don't ask questions. If you ask questions, you'll be seen as ignorant or not knowing anything. And it's such a difference from what I would learn in school, which is don't be afraid to ask questions, uh, approach people, smile, give eye contact. So kind of these cultural nuances that I would, you know, I would have one perspective at home where my parents are just like, um, that's not how we operate. That's how, that's not how we will um, kind of give these types of parental advice or guidance to you. But when you go to school or you watch TV, and I was a big Disney Channel person <laughs> growing up, watched like all the movies, um, you kind of see yourself as these characters coming of age, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of my favorite shows was Boy Meets World. Uh, and I kind of saw myself in Corey Matthews, you know, have the troubled best friend, have, back in the day, have the, have the girl, have, have the, the teacher who's supporting me, but then I would, you know, I would turn it off and I realized that is not my experience, right? Mm -hmm. But when I decided to pursue a career in marketing and business, I realized that you need that sense of entitlement because that's what capitalism is. And yeah. well, you we, need to ask for it. Yeah. People aren't going to just give you things. You need to ask. Yeah. And um, once I realized that we live in a capitalistic system where you have to, for the most part, stand up for yourself and push the boundaries in terms of what you deserve, nothing's going to change for you. So um, that um, realization has led me to where I am now. But it does come with pitfalls, right? Um, and that pitfalls could be 
being self-centered, narcissism, and I think it's something that we all have to deal with, especially now that we have social media where we see mm-hmm. everyone doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm concerned about it, but at the same time, um, it's led me to where I am, and I know understanding the system more mm-hmm. will allow me to advance. So I kind of want to talk about kind of the role that capitalism plays mm-hmm. in not only this conversation, but our bigger society here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thank you for sharing that. And there's one thing that you mentioned um, that I actually want to challenge both of you on, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but it's really around how you go about pushing for what you think you deserve or what you feel you deserve uh, asking for from the system or people that are um, helping to drive the system. But Charlie, I'll pitch it to you. I'm interested to hear um, your response to this as well. The Okay, the question was... What kind of world are we living in based on um, your lived experience? As, as I alluded to a little bit in the intro... It's, it's definitely an unjust world. Uh, there's nothing guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. And you have to take each day as it is, which is a, a part of your life. And it's hard to see on the, on the timeline, but, but things happen quickly. Five, ten years, you, your whole life can change. And your, the world we're living in is a human condition that we all share. Uh, but we don't all share the same life at all. Vastly different experiences. Uh, you, your experiences have shaped who you are, and you have to analyze that and come up with a self-identity for yourself. Um, decide what groups to join. Your your life is is a social life, and you're always comparing yourself to other people. And you're always afraid of what other people are thinking of you or thinking poorly of you. You're afraid of losing out, the FOMO. We've all had FOMO. Um, And so I see it personally as a battle against paranoia and fear. Um, You are not... And like they... I don't... The best way I'd put it is you have to work on it. It's a building construct to work on your, your character and, your, and yourself being happy. It's, it's a project. Yeah, it doesn't come... Yeah. Well, I think it's really challenging because even though this is something that is continuous, right, that you always have to work on, doesn't consumerism and the culture of America that you're constantly inadequate or you need more kind of... Mm-hmm make you second guess yourself um and then not only have to have this internal battle but then Mm. you have products and services and everyone claiming that they're the best or i'm living the best way or i'm doing i'm the you know i'm doing everything right follow my method how do you go and construct your own method right and how do you bring that back to your community because again a lot of the times what you're consuming right Mm. from maybe it's from a upper middle class neighborhood in chicago towards an immigrant community in maryland Mm. whatever you're consuming and whatever you're actually living are two different things so how do you move up without losing yourself so i think um my answer to that would be it all comes back to self-awareness right it's being able to recognize what's actually happening where you are where you fit into that and i think once you're able to do that you can then start to mold and shape your own world um i.e the people around you what sort of things you start to go after um and again how do you bring that back to to your community but 
I um, <clears throat> wanted to dive uh, a little bit deeper into this. Um, here's a really good ex- excerpt that I found from a Harvard Political uh, Review by Bridget Gordon, and he says, It seems like sometimes we forget that we live in a society. The rise of rugged individualism in the 20th century championed the idea that individuals should be independent from the help of others and responsible for their own circumstances, which has become the dominant view in America. Yet, being completely self-reliant is not just impossible, but also undesirable. Our society is made so much better by the vast web of people who depend on each other from both economic and social prosperity. What are your thoughts on this? I think there's some truth to it. Uh, I think. Uh, Do you think we're, we are still, in the same place, sitting in that same sentiment, and or, do you think we're going going the opposite direction? I think we're moving forward, kind of like what Charlie said. I think this is a continuous process and it evolves, right? So, back when back in the '80s, where a lot of these legacy companies started, right? There were only a small group of people making these decisions who and what was that system it well it's the patriarchy what is that it's the belief that straight white men are the key decision makers when it comes to everything and we're at a point of history you know after we've had so much happening in you know like the past 15 years where people are waking up people are second guessing what is what are the established norms and why do they have to be this way? Mm. And if I don't fit within this box, does it mean I have to stay here, right? Um, but in terms of individualism, I think that's kind of how this country was founded, right? Be yourself. Um, and it's imperfect, right? It's it's something that creates a lot of discord. And I think it's through this discord that you actually see gems right gems mm. in thought in ideas in businesses um and i don't think i think that's a spark that us as americans we we actually really have right because even though we're not we're not unified we are united in in these individual pursuits but they kind of work a bigger whole right mm. and um Unfortunately, we have media propelling ideas that we are more divergent and different than we actually think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, not like Charlie said, nothing's ever promised. So, and I think it's most important to learn, kind of go back to what you said. Oops, my apologies. Shutting out is the most important thing mm-hmm. because there is so much, and the idea of you know you have to put hard work into it to receive good results that is that holds true but the opposite end of the spectrum which is some very negative things in american consumerism and glamour and beauty standards and those things need to be shut out and it's difficult to do that and it's difficult to analyze who is sending me this message and for what purpose and what are they trying to get across and that it takes work, but you need to just shut it out. <laughs> That's the best way to, to think about it. Only consume and worry about things that you can control and that are good for you. <laughs> like, That's the thing. Is that going back into what the quote says, right? Mm-hmm. Because that in itself is individualism, right? Like choosing what you listen to, choosing what you don't. And if you hear something you don't like, well, that doesn't work for me. So mm-hmm. I'm just not going to. I'm going to do away with that belief or that mindset. Well, it seems that as we keep growing as a nation, as as individuals, are we becoming more siloed? Are we unifying more? More, I 
feel it's becoming more siloed and i think it's like it's sort of this like i'm right you're wrong or i belong you don't i should have you shouldn't so yeah there's so many barriers to entry to individualism and how do yeah how do we what is this collective that we should all be working towards it almost feels like we're We've turned around and we're going the opposite direction on the highway. I mean, I think people are scared of change. That is always fact, right? Of course. Um, And I think, like, I don't think millennials actually are at the place where we're actual decision makers. We have the capital to fund projects that we believe in. We're getting there, though. There are people who are taking over community development plans and town councils and going out and, and getting more buildings constructed to, to get the housing costs lowered we need to build a lot more housing in our cities and there are people who are going out to town council meetings and who are making their voices heard that said hey these other landlords are just blocking construction on this block so that they keep their rents up we need to build a lot more housing in cities where people can take go to school and take public transportation go to free community college in the mm. city and live in public transportation and get the cost of being a young person down um, those are actionable policies that happen on the local level uh, unions are another huge thing that young people are driving on social media and the news is not going to cover it you're not going to hear abc or Reuters talking about how well the unions are doing but where can people the truth go is there, to find that yeah, where do people go to find that info? How do it's always a Google search? I'll okay. tell you what, there are even lawyers who do not utilize how great Google is because people, when they have a question, they type it into Google and it's the only search engine. It's it, it might be broken up actually. The uh, FTC is considering action against Google, and we'll see. The search is is an obvious monopoly but it's it's the best search engine it has so just type it into google i have a question google it i would say even something to go beyond just like typing into google i would say follow your no your local news outlets and sources a hyper localized approach is a great way to frame your thinking in terms of what's happening in my community instead of just sometimes really just the noise that's happening in the national stage or even the international stage i would say like american interests stretches far Mm. very far (laughs) um but at the same time american influences is what gets a person like myself or antonio to be here to mm-hmm. kind of talk about the difference of entitlement and the difference of you know like american culture is still very much that hustle hustle mentality and attitude but yet there are people at the top who are just like i don't have to worry about that i've never worried about that but mm-hmm. i understand everything i can about law or finances and that's the thing it's not mm-hmm. we think oh i need one and I can do without the other. But we actually need all these personality types and we mm. need all these all these um, skill sets. Mm. And that's what makes us competitive. But that, again, it's the discord. It's that each time the pendulum swings in, in politics or the news mm. media, we're taking some damage and it's taking us more time to come back to a state of being more equal. But do you think we need that, though? We almost, at times, need to regress to in order to go forward. And I'm even looking at, like, 2020. It's like, without a 2020 situation, would we be where we are uh, side, with society today, politically, with just conversations that are happening, or people being awake to <clears throat> the reality that they're living, or 
the realities that they're <clears throat> we collectively are experiencing as uh, a people as a whole as a collective i want to hear charlie's take on that sorry repeat your question i was daydreaming <laughs> it's a lot he it's a lot yeah go, go ahead he go mentioned ahead. a lot but basically is 2020 was that a milestone for us to basically a us catalyst do we need to regress is it is re- is regression necessary in order for us to go forward as a country to slot to slow down our decline and a cultural decline our lowering health rate our worsening education standards all that yeah yeah we need on my idea we need a major i mean restructuring um our country was founded a long time ago and it had a major revision done after the civil war and a lot of the programs that were instilled from the 30s and then the 70s they're they're not founded on rule of law we we feel people feel distant from the rule making we feel like there's an elite that doesn't the rule of law doesn't apply to them uh people don't know where to go with their grievances there's all kinds of administrative regulatory nonsense and people are paid way too much money to just abdicate their responsibility and that there will be a time where that has to change whether it's in 10 20 50 years but um this there, it does feel like we're going towards a national divorce but I, I don't think you National should divorce <laughs> as in majority wow. t- but I don't think people I think people overestimate <laughs> that feeling though that we're, we're so much farther away than people realize mm. uh, it it feels really bad right now but in the 60s it was way worse during the Civil War I mean hundreds of thousands of people were dying so we don't it's not going to be as some people come out here and say it's as bad as it's ever been and it's like no there's been situations that are much worse we're not facing a draft we're not you know um i think covid is going to be a turning point there's uh it has been a turning point we're we're in a new decade uh we the country will never come back from donald trump it it just it has definitely lost Mm. some kind of credibility in Nobody will believe the BS anymore. Um, That's questionable. If anything, I think people are doubling down on the BS. You know, I think people are just like, give me a BS sandwich. Well, everyone you know? can do anything. That's what Trump proved. It's like, if you don't think there's opportunity, but there's opportunity. That man, but that's the thing. That's what bullshit being American his whole life. is. That's what we're, that's the BS that we are fed. You can be anything, do anything. anything. As yeah. long as you're and, just and, full and, of shit. But that's the thing. People are buying. People are buying it. Yeah. If this wasn't no, that's... if this wasn't stimulating dollars, th- there would be no story, right? But the thing is, this is it isn't making money. And the ways we are making money in 2022 are way different than in 2012, right? Yeah. And I think we're in a very unique situation where we have these mammoth companies that have all this data on us and. <laughs> Are make what we think is making our lives easier, but in reality, we're continuing to um, to be engaged in consumerism, right? Mm. And buying their products, buying their ads, Distra- distracted. It's very distracting, <laughs> and so I mean, 
But I mean, does that mean I'm going to be broke my whole life and just have one stream of income? No, that doesn't mean that. Does that mean that the degree I got from my institution is going to be my one way ticket to paradise? Absolutely not. And I think we are learning that just because you have chosen one set path that the prior generation has said, this is your one ticket, understanding that and removing the entitlement that comes with these documents that says, hey, I am better than, mm. and understanding that in an economy that is more inclusive and more open and more mm. people have access, what does that look like for competition? What does that look like for the ideas that are able to to be paramount so that people can say, yes, unequivocally, this is the right answer, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. How people can generate serious income has changed, and it, uh, OnlyFans account, you know, <laughs> you can do it from behind a computer, but it's limited. <laughs> Those options are limited, and some people won't find it appealing to sit behind a computer all day. So, kind of understanding those principal things. What do I want to be doing in my day to day? If do I have the drive to work on my computer all day, whether it's numbers or mm. writing or emails, marketing? I mean, there are email marketing jobs that you can get 70, 80K for new tech startups and things like that. So if you want to do some bland work, but if it's the right kind of work, there's money to be made behind a computer. Um, but again, there's a lot to be made also with your hands, you know, and doing more creative tasks but art and design is very hard to make money in it's mm. kind of like music you know there's just very low likelihood of long-term success you can hit it out of the park and be one in a million or you know maybe make it to the mlb or whatever but no that's not a viable strategy so being realistic with yourself what do i want to be doing in the day-to-day -day? what are my capabilities and yeah it's it's gonna take work <laughs> well i think as a society too we kind of value analytical work and professional jobs mm -hmm. over you know blue collar working with your hands or working in trades even though those are skills that it seems like the pendulum is shifting in terms of people who work professional jobs are just like don't yeah, catch me I'm in the office they are bartenders yeah bartending you know? <laughs> and, and wait staff i'm not sure you've worked in a restaurant oh, antonio absolutely so have, yeah. you understand a different perspective than me on that but it seems bartending might be better than accounting or finance for me but the thing is these industries are understaffed underpaid mm -hmm. and they don't see long longevity from these companies these companies aren't offering the same amount of benefits mm -hmm. that um, a major corporation gets right yeah um and geographically based on where you are depends how much you earn mm. so i think there there are a lot of barriers of entry and i think when you talked about strategy when you think about your strategy towards propelling yourself up or even changing a mindset within your community, mm. what is your strategy to do that? Because mm. you can propel yourself up, you can avoid um, pitfalls to fall, but to change a mindset so like that, the thinking is more unified mm. and more holistic, I think that is the challenge. And I think mm. once we kind of figure out how everyone doing their own thing can come back to to the system and mm. a system that is more fair just and equitable then we can actually start to see ourselves as a united country but i think yeah like 
I don't even think it's Donald Trump. I think it's Obama, really. Yeah. I think, I well, think it's, get, yeah, it I think it's Obama. But it's, it's. We need these growing mm. occasions here in the U.S. Um, because again, I'm saying this from, from a first generation American perspective. It's that leap in just one generation, and doesn't matter where you come from. It has garnered so much success mm. for. The United States, because again, it is that hustle, it is that drive. It, it is possible. It, it More is possible than anywhere else in the world, and that's why people come here. Yeah. And and I think that is the that is the secret sauce. When when they're just like, what makes this discord functional and happen? It's just that you never know what that opportunity is mm. gonna be for you, based on where you come from. Maybe you've had an extreme amount of abundance and wealth. Maybe you didn't. But that doesn't mean that you can't move make, up. Yeah. Make change, you know? Make change for yourself. And <clears throat> I guess that's a really good segue um, into my next question. Um, for both of you, what are your thoughts on some of the injustices that you're seeing around you and or what injustices are you seeing around you? And then following up on that, um, why do you think we've become so numb and conditioned to what, what we're seeing? Um, kind of moving back or tying this back to the whole idea around individualism it's like we know that there's a fuck ton of things happening around us that aren't right yet so many of us are so locked into me my i me my i over and over and over again while others around us are suffering and it's something as simple as like i won't do that today or I'll give a little bit more or I'll show up in a totally different way to make somebody feel included. And it's like really small, tangible actions like that. Um, so, yeah, floor is open. What, what are you seeing around you injustice wise? The biggest I'm seeing from my perspective in law school is in prisons and ICE detainment centers and I mean, there is a war going on in the southern border, and there's a war going on in our inner cities, and whatever you think about it, pro-cop or pro-freedom, <laughs> liberation, uh, and justice, if you're on one side or the other on that issue, then we need, I mean, to to get the guns off the streets. Um, I think that's my perspective just we need to to stop the violence it's gun violence and it's what's happening with people being thrown in jails and how decrepit and ugly those places are uh and how horrible that experience is um the if you wanted to design a system that would prevent rehabilitation the best way you could do it is design the u.s prison and jail system uh that is just so manifestly unjust and it is so much more disproportionately affects black and latino men um women and jails and prisons are it's not a good situation either they need more protection they need better resources but if you just look at the sheer numbers uh the amount of people we have in prison the amount of black men latino men and white people in prison is alarming and the well, conditions 
It's a business. Well, yeah, back to capitalism, <laughs> well, right? Well, it's not just capitalism. It's the business of the government, government. entities themselves. Yeah. A lot of people, when they talk about prisons, will talk about the private prison systems, but that only makes up about 10% of the inmates. So the other 90%, the 800, a couple, or 2 million, I'm not sure, something like that. People in jail, I, maybe it's 800,000. I should have that number on me. Um, is it's staggering so yeah that's not about private prisons it's about the public system we're not having public defenders offices funded and the public defenders themselves are you know working 60 120 cases a week and they have to go work with those prosecutors and judges and legislatures and ask for their money ask for the good cases ask to be treated right um so the the way that the system is set up from the legal side of things where they've basically criminalized everything you can be you can be thrown in jail for jaywalking you can be thrown in jail for loitering you can be thrown in jail for resisting arrest after they thought you looked suspicious and said you had a marijuana scent on you and then you get a huge fine and you get thrown in jail and you can't afford bail and then your job is like where have you been for an entire week and you're fired for not showing up for a whole week and then you get evicted because you haven't been able to pay so we and then we get boot these people out of the formal economy so uh it starts with that where everybody wants things to be criminalized you know homelessness is being criminalized in tennessee and it's been in los angeles for a while uh there's a famous case they tried to criminalize being an addict in Los Angeles at one time, and so they were, said they were going to just check people's uh, for skin marks mm -hmm. on their forearms, and the court said no. And like, that's that's one of hundreds of cases where the court actually decided for the defendants in criminal actions and said, "Hey, no, they have these constitutional rights." Uh, the court has been since the 70s and 80s there were a couple cases that went very much pro-defendant. Like every state has to guarantee a right to. A, an attorney um basic things that we now take for granted like the miranda warnings this supreme court is if it gets the right cases it might start clawing back on some of those limited rights that we already have so mm -hmm. um the structural change yes capital i think capitalism and socialism is honestly a red herring I think it's the system is much more specific to that and the problems are much more specific and just having large-scale discussions on which system is better or not or if we want communism or anarchy or libertarianism or liberalism it, it, it doesn't matter let's talk up give me a specific policy proposal give me a specific action and let's analyze whether or not it's good for regular people or if it's good for please <laughs> yeah i mean i would say the war on drugs the militarization of police again these are systems and um that were brought in place by former presidents mm -hmm. who had agendas right mm -hmm. who had agendas to solidify and keep power biden um, and clinton included i mean yeah. but when you're looking at you know the war on drugs you're talking about richard nixon you're talking about um research on psilocybin or marijuana that was actually used to kind of combat 
alcoholism and like mm-hmm. and like all these things all that research basically stopped and these were classified as you know narcotics right and why do we do this is because our influences stretches beyond our borders mm-hmm. sometimes you know when again like from my perspective when all you know is the states right and then you you know you travel occasionally with your family you still only have a mindset from the united states Mm -hmm. but when you leave the united states you actually see the magnitude of the power the magnitude of the entitlement and the amount of wiggle room you actually have to mess up and be like oh i that was a mistake i didn't mean to do any of that you know what let's be friends again and i think that's only something that you can do when through generations you have just experienced more amount of time Mm -hmm. and and sometimes i like think about this but when i go to ivory coast or i go to some of these other countries it's it seems like time is going much slower because Mm -hmm. they don't have these systems in place right Mm -hmm. and even though we try to combat these systems and we question these this these systems eventually they change and I think that's the beauty of the country that we're living in. And I know to Charlie's point, <laughs> I'm like a complete optimist here. But um, I think. But um, I, guess, I guess question for you, um, just sort of thinking through this live as you're speaking. Do you think our system country is this great paradox where we're supposed to be rooted in? all these ideals around freedom and expression <laughs> but it feels like it's everything but that um i think we need to be real rooted in the ideas of freedom and freedom of expression and freedom of word because at the end of the day you know our data is being collected and it's going to cr- what the current version of the internet which is us just posting um videos for likes there's a much bigger picture for what's going to happen and these systems are going to live beyond us mm-hmm. you know they're not going to have a you know like a death date like us as individual people have when we come on these podcasts where we share our our words we are providing record of the human experience mm-hmm. and different lived experience from the current times mm-hmm. and we didn't have this level of access in the past mm-hmm. and so Again, I believe in these ideas that we are not perfect mm. and that we will continue to be better. Am I going to complain and say, oh, everything's terrible? Well, no. Well, my parents are immigrants. They're just like, we're just happy to be here. <laughs> you know, great. Yeah. We're, we're just happy to be here. Uh-huh. So I th- but at the same time, as much as you you need, you know, that humility, mm. you also need the strength of, no, we're at the top. We need to we need to keep the top. Mm. Being yeah. at the top is stressful, mm-hmm. you know. When you're number one, everyone got a gun on you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of think, um, you know, with with all the discord that we are experiencing throughout our political system, and it's we need to look within and and see, okay, how can I leverage other members of my community to mm. make us better as a whole. Mm. Um, and connecting the dots or yeah yeah connecting the dots thoughts yeah you you have to rely on your friends somewhat uh especially for if you don't have that family which so many people um, don't so who you choose to hang out with the five people you hang out with are the five people you most like uh who you choose to hang out with 
how you spend your time day to day will greatly impact what your thoughts and feelings are throughout the day. It's hard to imagine, but if you start paying attention to it, you can, you'll catch yourself mm. picking up words and phrases from the people you spend time with and things like that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah the the keep the fight i like to keep a little anger i don't know we were talking about this antonio a little earlier uh antonio is super positive for everyone who knows him super go-getter attitude and like, let go of anger and love everyone exactly and there is a time and a place I for rolled. that but sometimes it's helpful to get your anger out a little bit and use some harsh words sometimes yeah i think i completely agree and i think again that is the beauty of being american Mm. and i and like i even like as much as you need the love everyone holistic you need the rah 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 you need Mm. the crazy because you know what they connect to the crazy yeah (laughs) And I think I think that's what's um, very unique about where we are in time right now is that these institutions that people are just like, I've been paying you for this and you have been spitting in my face. You're not providing Mm -hmm. services that you're supposed to. You're not taking care of my community. You're putting uh, my men in jail. You're a detriment to my communities. We're deciding now through Mm -hmm. the means of the Internet where the Internet is currently at right now. Mm -hmm. If I don't support this, I'm not going to tune in. And what are the other options for me to actually give my money to? Mm. And I think right now we are creating new institutions that are more just, fair, and we actually know what are your core values, what are the core values of the leaders of your firms, and what do you advocate for? Well, in the past, because a lot of these institutions were based from the Reagan administration, which is completely unjust, you know, these mammoth companies, they're still in place today. Mm. Well, and I think it's something that the left needs to understand and celebrate that we are gaining more and more control over institutions and corporations, so public and private. Um, We have corporations who are willing to fly the gay pride parade. Yes, does it suck that gay pride is corporate? Yes, but on the other hand, we should be willing to take their money and influence. And I think uh, that is is a something worth celebrating and understanding so okay yes in society the top 100 500 firms in the u.s have a lot of political influence they through those corporations a lot more political will is done than through individual consumers or any one person by a lot more i'm even thinking like the fact that we have like diversity equity and inclusion teams or diversity equity belonging whatever you want to call it the fact that that's now being integrated into business models or people are seeing like okay we have a seat at the table and how business is done and being able to influence to your point um political decisions the way things sway like companies have so much power in america i think they're is still though a lot of fear in a lot of companies really standing behind certain issues but i think they're it's like any other journey like they're coming along for sure i mean i think corporations have power but i think their power comes with economies of scale right they can Mm -hmm. mass produce but if you're gonna go and add a new department which is diversity and inclusion well you just added a um, department 
company B is based off of it. Mm. So mm. it's just more competitive. So yes, they have the power, but like Charlie said, nothing's guaranteed. These dynasties were established for an era where mm. the cus- the consumer had limited amount of information. But now there's abundance of information and products out there, and it's up for to you to decide. How do you decide what's the best for you? Well, look within and look about how what you're doing the directly impacts and helps your community where you come from. So I, I, yeah, I kind of want to go back to the other end of the spectrum because I think we're we're coming at this from a privilege perspective in some way, shape, or form. But how do people navigate a system that they may not feel like they have access to due to lack of resources or lack of education or yeah things that allow you to be a functioning and active member of this this society well i reject that there's no access to education there is access to education it's on the internet and it's through reading and there's videos and it's yes there are a lot there's a lot of education that's expensive but there's a lot of education now that's free way more today than there ever has been so finding out what you want to do and finding the free resources is, is the task mm. go and get what's free don't turn but beyond out. education like basic human rights healthcare, like what well healthcare i don't have an answer for the... you Healthcare, <laughs> you have to figure out that is that is the toughest thing you have somehow have to manage to pay for your health insurance because things can go wrong and healthcare is insanely expensive so uh that's that's your first thing to take care of is where you're living your health care your food and even diving deeper like marginalized communities women women of color latina latinx women that there's so many barriers to entry for an entry to access for basic things that would and will help them thrive as uh communities like where how do you go about yeah, I think it is a labyrinth, right? It's a maze of trying to figure out which path um, you need to go on. What happened for me, and this is an early, this is just an early example of kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. So there was a woman in my neighborhood, um, probably in her late 60s, divorced, wanted, you know, just a person to come and take care of her house. This was an Italian woman from Pittsburgh, right? And when she approached me with the, you know, my first job, you know, just forty dollars a week, I thought I was making endless money. <laughs> my mom was just like, "Oh no, you know, like he shouldn't do this. He should be at home, not taking the experience." But if it wasn't for this woman, Joanne Giuliotti was her name, right? If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have known so much about, you know, like systems, like. Like, e- like Apple or like email or how to formulate um, just business writings, right? So in your life, you're going to find those coincidences, those opportunities, those people that cross your path that you might think nothing of, right? Mm. And in that moment, there's an opportunity there. Mm. If you take the opportunity to deal with being uncomfortable, no matter how much it pays, right? You kind of ha- have to have the intu- the the intuition to think, okay, what am I going to learn and gain from this experience? And how will it 
build and shape me to move on later on to whatever I try to do. Yes, there are things against you based on where you come from, um, lack of funding, lack Mm. of a family unit, Mm. but that human aspect of connecting and loving, it's not exclusive to just your family, right? Mm. Leverage your friends, leverage your community, leverage people who are not just in your community. Just because you're gay doesn't mean that you only only gay people will want to help you. Mm. I think, and you have to trust in the kind of the human aspects of life Mm. and be willing to sometimes get burned but there Mm. are huge rewards that come to it being openness to experience and and risk and putting yourself out there is easier said than done for people who are used to doing it Uh, speaking out loud in the mirror is for public speaking <laughs> there's practice you have you're right though countless opportunities to practice if it's interviews there's mock interviews you have to go out and find those resources and and find somebody who's willing to to help you prepare for an interview uh take the time to do it it takes half a day at least you know you have to plan for that there's the motivation will be there from within. It has to come from within. Mm. If somebody's, if you're just doing it for somebody else, then eventually you're not going to have that motivation anymore. Uh, that, that's my recommendations, I suppose. Where do you see the, or both see the greatest need um, for reform? And I imagine you may resurface um, some of the bits that we've already touched on uh, throughout this conversation but yeah where do you see the greatest need for reform in our society work <laughs> work 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 life balance or just, just work? work i think people i think we as a society want first work too much work too little that's the thing it's it's just work how we work what we put our time to mm-hmm. and how those grow and work in tandem together to make the system function say more i think so right now i'm in a community where covid happened and they signed all these contracts to have oh businesses come back and come back to our glory in downtowns i go downtown and ain't nothing there you know no one wants to be downtown you know um so Mm. i i think this is so important because so much of our esteem who we think we are is what we do professionally Mm. and it's the concept of i am a person this is my character because i go to the office Mm. i go and i do this thing therefore i am this person oh that's Mm. dc baby (laughs) and that's dc but as we kind of rethink okay a company is going to go and invest this much on a lease for a corporate building and only have people be there three times a week what are we doing with that space Mm. well a space has so much power a space has power for us to think to learn to be impulsed to do other things within our community so i think we really have to look about how we work together Mm -hmm. um and do you think it's simplifying our approach to work or do you think it's totally restructuring this notion of work uh like how we work what jobs look like is it like a totally different angle of technology is it- i mean it is a totally different angle because you have to keep in mind the 
you have to empower the customer, but you also have to innovate the profession and the job and make mm. it lucrative and attractive. Mm. And I think for so long, these companies haven't invested in that or really created the systems for continual education. When we talk continual education, you do that on your own, mm -hmm. you know? You're the one who Google, who Google searches, okay, what is the next stage of my career? Google, mm -hmm. and, and you have the power to do that through the platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram. There's always somebody doing something that you're mm -hmm. just like, wow, I think I could totally do that. Mm -hmm. And I think these companies are playing catch up. The why I think this is so important is because we still all value exceptional service and demand mm. it. That's what comes down to being American. When things mm -hmm. don't work, you're going to remember the service that <laughs> didn't work over the great service you got or the yeah. great service you got. But if these companies don't have the employees mm. aren't paying well and the existing employees are overworked, well, that system isn't going to be there long term. So us as a country, we we must kind of look in the mirror and say, hey, is this something that needs to just be a free service? Mm -hmm. Do we need to funnel money into this? Let's say if it's mass transportation, like Metro, this is something that isn't garnering any money for us, mm -hmm. right? But society needs to get along, mm -hmm. right? We need to actually move forward. Mm -hmm. So again, it's the question on what are we spending our money on? What are we working on? And what do people actually want to do? And things that people shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. Um, because more of their time can be spent outside doing things that are more productive mm. and more holistic towards the whole. I think we need to start to focus on those things and see what a society looks like when not everyone is on the nine to five schedule mm. and only has two days on the weekends. And I think we've been doing that for so long and COVID actually brought an opportunity to rethink these questions. And I don't know what this framework looks like moving forward but i definitely don't think it's it's a future where people maybe just do one thing mm -hmm. and just get paid on that one thing do you think we could there's the potential or possibility opportunity to structure or shape or shape a society that sort of helps people get <clears throat> closer to purpose earlier and so we have people acting from a space of just extreme presence and being and passion and doing what they really love and there's more output there's greater productivity people yeah people are just driving from a different space versus this is paying the bills and i'm just here hanging out like what value or benefit is that to the system <laughs> I think it's tough. A lot of it comes from who you are within mm. um, and what your upbringing was. Like I said, I, like, I don't think I had a glamorous upbringing, but I had enough tools to make me want to strive and, you know, seek out more knowledge, seek out more. Um, and I think we all have interests. We all have passions. But how can you link your passion and your interest to something that you can monetize mm. is a question every American needs to make on a continual basis. Everybody in the world. <laughs> Everyone like, in the world. You, yeah. you live. You're an adult. Here you go. Yeah. And I think that's that's the that's the game. Right. That's the puzzle. You know, figure that out for yourself. And I think where we get stuck is the belief that because I have this this document saying that i have achieved this level of education mm -hmm. therefore this is my worth mm -hmm. you have to tie your worth towards your being 
and what that being is actually able to produce aside <laughs> aside of just hey i have this mm -hmm. i have this document well mm. i think in today's labor and market healthcare market like that's what really i think democrats young democrats need to focus on is is labor and healthcare because the two are vastly more intertwined than people realize and maybe they shouldn't be so intertwined probably in my opinion i think half of the people in this country are based on some employment-based health care plan so uh and that's including medicare and people so that's a lot of people on tied to their health care tied to their employer and so a lot of what unions are negotiating for is their health care package so something like medicare for all would totally upend all of that uh, that system itself is such a train it's such a money take from the poor to the rich uh and if we did it right if we did it proper it would be a huge wealth transfer from the top to the bottom and that's why they will always be strongly opposed but it's why young democrats need to focus i think on labor and health care um i think for the people in their in their day-to-day -day lives in working and living in cities they we all have that in common the people who have that that labor Thing to kind of unite us this, despite what our opinions might be on social issues or war things um, that labor and that economic position should unite the people on the left and in the democratic way like it was under FDR um, so that's what as a young person you can think about politically exposed I think uh, housing, labor, and healthcare once again <laughs> but I don't think that the government, I don't think it has a, any answer to the individual's right, or like their their sense of self. Like the government should spend money better culturally. Like I think, yes, but those are, those are narrower programs. And they're, I, I think part of what happens culturally and how that affects everybody individually is just mm -hmm. so hard to control. We can all, I think, make individual contributions to it mm. and i think everybody should kind of consider themselves somewhat of an artist and how they do their trade and whatever how they handle situations uh, you have to consider your art and yourself um and then also consider your science what are you good at what can you do regimented day to day mm. boom 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 your persona does not have to be your work mm -hmm. there are a lot of people have to have mundane jobs that can't be your personality as your job a lot of people have awesome jobs and that can be part of their personality and or they make two hundred thousand dollars a year and then that's all they do they sit in the office all day long and so that has to be their personality but if you can get a job that's 35 40 hours a week and pay for your stuff and your whole life is mostly outside of your work then that might be a better situation for you um you have to there's no one size fits all and i don't think that the the government's gonna have an answer for you on how do you fulfill your fill your life with meaning um so that was actually <clears throat> my next question and last question before we get into rapid fire to close up but what actions can people take um today you know listening to this walking away from this to contribute to our collective voice for change for the society that we all want to see and experience and live in um yeah i think something that anyone can do is again hyper localized approach to your well-being to your mindset to your thoughts 
to your problems once you start thinking it's good to think big and you have to think big well i'm an entrepreneur so (laughs) i what you do (laughs) that's what i do but to go far you have to take small steps up right Mm -hmm. so something that you know i've done is kind of join different local community groups um chamber of commerces um just anything to meet people in your community that you might have not necessarily been directly connected to Mm -hmm. um so if that's doing something in the arts or something in the sciences or something you know nothing about don't be afraid with going in a room and knowing absolutely nothing i remember i went to a housing meeting in arlington and they were talking about million dollar homes and i was just like i know nothing about this i know nothing about this and it made me kind of uncomfortable because my parents only bought their home like fairly recently you know so but from sitting in that one meeting to now understanding and knowing so much of what i know about the development the ownership within my community Mm. it's that knowledge that is going to give me access to wealth right Mm. and going to give me that sense of security so that's my advice you know if you feel like you're insecure about something or you hear buzz around a certain topic listen to listen to other people discuss about this in your community Mm. and keep the conversation going for yourself you're Mm. not gonna pick up everything and you're not meant to pick up everything but it's gonna light those sparks those embers that's Mm. gonna lead you to find your fire because you might think your fire is project management at some (laughs) at some firm and then you'll realize wait this was only a single piece of yeah a Mm. single piece of my journey that is gonna lead me somewhere else well and people appreciate humility and courage so if you're humble and courage at the same time and let other people talk people love to talk let them talk about themselves to you smile and nod and just show that you're willing to do the work i think people will give you opportunity uh it's again you got to ask for it nothing's due to you and not just going to events sometimes those networking events can be so boring and so nerve-wracking and there's there's other ways to get in where the action is to go where the where the the top is happening and and it's tough to see yourself engaging with those people Mm -hmm. in those fields uh who are doing the best of the craft but just say hey i really appreciate how good you are and all this if you have any tips or here's if you need anything like i could help you with it just offer something for free and mm. people will respond nicely um it is some people you know are less comfortable still even with covid going out into public places and doing things and that's really unfortunate but we hopefully will get to a stage where they can still wear their k9 to 5 masks and feel comfortable in no in in rooms because otherwise i honestly think that i want to put out a recommendation that everybody can go do that's not Mm. uh i think part of it is is going out there and being in somebody's face Mm. yeah i think for me uh and probably won't come as a surprise but i think where people could start today that requires very little to no research is just research or going out or digging or finding is just being really mindful of the connections and conversations that you're having 
taking that extra step to talk to somebody that doesn't look like you getting to a point where you want to understand what makes people different why they're different and then being able to see yourself as an individual in that person's experience in our collective experience um the more that we can do that the more that we can break down barriers i think that will help to drive some of this unity that we're looking for and i think as we start to become a bit more unified the easier it becomes to push for the things that we collectively want and know we deserve to have as a society um so that we can all thrive and live meaningful lives um with the time that we have here all right so on to the fun part before we close uh i've been having fun the whole time (laughs) just had that thought myself (laughs) so much fun um rapid fire questions uh lux will go with you first and then um charlie to follow in one sentence how would you describe your life's purpose okay i think i had this one written down actually um I can't prepare for the lightning round. That's the whole point. <laughs> oh, you can? Okay. Um, so my life's purpose, I believe, um, with my current state of awareness, is to bring wealth to my communities through wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I say wealth is because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business guy, uh, and wellness because they tie both of what I'm extremely passionate in. Mm-hmm. And I... And I think the both are really connected, right? Um, and it's kind of a good tagline, but it is a good tagline with the double W's at the end. Well, you know, I it sounds like you're going to be a patron, like, oh, I'm going to bring wealth to my communities, but yeah. with wellness. So uh, yeah, I'm nice. not going to dole out money, but yeah. I'm just going to bring wellness. But yeah, I think I think these things are extreme. I'm extremely passionate about these two mm. things, and having people understand that when you know, just chasing financial wellness. Um, really hinders actually like your physical illness and all the things you have to have a multifaceted approach towards mm-hmm. your health, um, intellect, every it's your wallet. Holistic, it, yeah. it, it's 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 very mm. it's it's very structured, and I want to find a way where people can actually check up on that mm. and make it fun. You know, gamify that process in a way so mm. that people are continually checking in but having fun with it seeing that they progress and yeah it's pretty exciting okay beautiful and happy to happy and fortunate to um be able to witness and experience um the manifestation of that thank you antonio (laughs) chuck over to you same question yep same question my life's purpose has been so far to increase awareness of of issues with a challenger mindset, uh, with a growth mindset, with positivity, uh, and hopefully it's been spreading joy. I think I've been doing a decent job with that, but who knows? Spreading joy is a great one. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Catholic school when I was younger, so keeping that, you know, keeping the gospel alive. <laughs> Allah. <laughs> Lux, what's been your biggest aha moment this year? It's probably been how. Um, so this year, I think my biggest aha moment was 
knowing how to be deliberate with my energy mm. and the power in absence, right? So when you remove yourself from certain situations, certain uh, spaces, and you look within and you focus on things that you that could propel you forward, um, you kind of take harvest later on, right? Mm. So you go through X amount of months or weeks really working on something, not really being as descriptive or engaging in the things that you're usually so focused on mm-hmm. and focused slash distracted you never know um when you kind of hone in those forces on things that you know you really wanted or that you've planned or if you put energy into it just to see how they manifest and how your hard work really comes together it is beautiful it is um it rewarding is, it is really rewarding <laughs> so i would say that has been my biggest aha moment being deliberate with your forces you, you never know you might be able to push a building with just your will one day um but yeah i love that biggest aha moment uh-huh. 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 <laughs> um go on. <laughs> sorry there's nothing happening <laughs> off camera um there's the uh meeting you antonio and yeah hearing you uh or seeing your text message when you were on your way home from europe <laughs> and saying that you canceled yeah that was uh the biggest aha moment i could ever imagine or hope for the best moment uh, that wasn't on the script by the way that was not on the off the script he thought that production might go straight to commercial in our in our in our sponsors right now um but now we'll cut to yeah <laughs> yeah do I need an explanation or that's just lightning round so lightning lightning, lightning. yes uh what's your favorite word uh, my favorite word is equanimity I love that that's yeah love that and absolutely I think do you want to tell people the meaning so it's being able to sit in this place of extreme content uh, in yourself content with where we are the way things are and it's stemming from this place of love absolutely uh i would say in our overstimulated lives it is a word harder to say even harder to do at yeah. times equanimity <laughs> and uh-huh. it comes down to i think what charlie touched on how can you tune out even what i said earlier in the last lightning question how can you focus your energy mm. and that doesn't that doesn't mean like you know because focus and distract you you got to be able to connect the dots there but yeah how about you favorite word this is bad i'm in law school so you have to forgive me but it's inarguendo is a word you use just saying like just for the sake of it um just for the sake of argument Mm -hmm. i think people should explore things for the sake of it Mm. uh and yeah my favorite oh this isn't about me great uh what are you reading right now (laughs) i'm reading a book recommended to me by charlie actually um Mm. he recommended a book called the e-myth um e-myth debunked or 
Yeah. The e-myth for entrepreneurs. And if I've been on the show before and I think I've been on under their podcast and mm-hmm. I always say the power of audiobooks and audio for learning is is really key. So I picked up on the book um, and it just kind of um, brought some things that I might have heard in my past as an entrepreneur or maybe through business classes or things that, you know, I'm doing and I don't notice why mm-hmm. and what is the intention behind this and understand that what you're living, your experience, there's another version of yourself who was trying to do the exact same thing and to different degrees were mm-hmm. successful or not. So um, when Charlie told me about this book, again, it was just a random coincidence. He didn't have to do it. And uh, I looked at the, you know, like I looked at the opportunity costs. It made sense. Um, it was continual education. <laughs> and Well, it was exactly what we have been talking about. The e-myth is the entrepreneurial myth that anyone can just go up and start a business and i think a lot of people are driven to but you saw the statistics on how many businesses fail so before Mm. you go into business having a really solid strategic plan from the broad all the way down to the dollars and cents of your cash flow statement uh that book we can share the link in the spotify perhaps but yeah it's a great book for anybody who's considering starting their own business or who already has a business um, and kind of just wants to gain a different perspective. Um, Again, we were kind of already talking about these things. And it's an easy read, though. Huh? I bet the audio was good. They they write in a very conversational style. Yeah, it's and... it's very conversational, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the scenarios and the stories. Uh, not the best. <laughs> it's easy to get through, but it's kind of yeah. yeah Wait okay. until mine drops, but <laughs> but yeah, definitely go and um, go and get it. And thank you, Charlie, for the recommendation. Yeah, and you close us out. What book am I reading? I'm, I'm a law student, so I'm reading a lot of books right now. Um, the last one I was reading just for volunte- voluntarily um, was a book about leadership and specifically how Abe Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Lyndon B. Johnson grew up and how they used their talents to... Uh, lead people throughout their careers because that is what they did and they all have unique stories about how they went from their childhood and they were all just regular kids you know not necessarily destined to be president but I guess you could say (laughs) destined to be president and it was awesome how the narrator went through each of their advantages and disadvantages strengths and weaknesses and how those men went and, and uh took advantage of those so yeah it was an awesome book i'm a huge american history guy it's kind of nerdy but um it helps with law so (laughs) absolutely i love that great presidents well thank you both um so much for being here today for taking the time to be here today again i think uh over the span of the last hour whatever whatever it's been there have been um, a ton of good nuggets, uh, thoughts for consideration that I think people can take away from this and how we uh, as individuals can pause and really figure out 
what does it mean to do the work? What does the work look like for you to contribute to this greater collective that is society that is ever evolving and just recognizing the power that we have as a collective to shape the world that we all want to live in? Before we go, though, um, Laman uh, and Charlie, uh, Laman, we'll start with you first. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you, people can find me on my website, livelamon.com, on Instagram, at livelamon, and... On LinkedIn. On LinkedIn at Lamont Venture Horat. Perfect. Anywhere else? Not for now. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie. Uh, Yes, you can find me on Twitter, CIN209. And that is, yeah, that is my Twitter. Um, I do have, no, I'm kidding. I don't have another Twitter. the Instagram, I forget my handle. No, it's at char, C-H-A-R underscore nine, 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 four. Uh, so, yeah, you can hit me up there. And or, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, yes. Charles Ian Torno on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I do uh, check that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I hope we feel inspired to uh, continue this conversation in the very near future. Um, Obviously, there's a ton of shit that we can uh, tackle and will most likely tackle in some way, shape or form through our work, uh, our commitment to our areas. And yeah, just really grateful for uh, both of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the session. If you enjoyed, be sure to tell a friend or share this. See you next time.